Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. I'm your host today, Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Our devotion is based on Genesis 35, verses 1 through 7. And here in this text, we have over 25 years later on, from when we talked about this last Sunday, that Jacob had fled his brother Esau and had seen the vision of God in that night in the dream when he set up the stone and poured the oil on it and remembered that place where the Lord had made him some very special promises. From there, he ventures on to Laban and ends up marrying two of Laban's daughters, Jacob and Rachel. It's something, something that we would say is God wanted. It's descriptive about the situation, not prescriptive of God of polygamy and multiple marriages. After he worked those 14 years in agreement for Jacob giving him his two daughters, we also see that he lived there another seven years. And this is where Jacob and Leah and Rachel were having their family at that time. After that, we see Jacob leaves Laban and takes his family with him and many of the possessions that he had acquired in those days. And that's when we see our devotion from Monday night where we talked about Jacob wrestling with God when he's returning back to that area where his brother Esau was and that reunion ended up being a happy reunion with his brother Esau and then you see in Genesis 34 you have this incident with Jacob's daughter Dinah again she could have been she was born earlier on to Leah and this whole idea of what took place at that point in time really leads into chapter 35 where Jacob returns to Bethel and finally again probably some 25 to 30 years later after God made that promise with him you see God's telling him what to do here in Genesis 35 the verses that we came to so many years since those first promises that we had talked about this last Sunday with God to Jacob when he fled his brother Esau chapter 35 verses 1 then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves, and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands, and the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is, Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Sometimes when we pray, we don't always recognize how much time might pass until the Lord answers that prayer. The Lord had promised and made a vow to Jacob earlier on, as we talked about this past weekend, about this promise. And all these years had passed, not just to give Jacob that land that he had had that vision on when he was dreaming, fleeing from his brother Esau, but also that he would have great descendants. And we already see that that's happening, that's being fulfilled at this point in time with all the children that Jacob already had. But there was also this promise about 
the Lord being faithful to him until he accomplished, accomplished all of these plans, and even that plan that all through one of Jacob's descendants, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That promise that had been reiterated to not just to Jacob, but to Isaac and his grandfather, Abraham. And so you see some interesting things from our text here. The Lord brings him back to Bethel, where this promise had been made. He tells him to build an altar there. It's interesting that Jacob has to go to his family and remind them to get rid of all these foreign gods that you have, all these little idols, all these things that you've made with your hand, because we're going to build an altar to the one true God and worship him alone. I think that's a very important point to consider when the Lord's saying, yes, I am your God. Now fear and follow me. Because remember, Jacob's promise that he had made that we talked about over the weekend is that you will be my God if you keep these promises to me. The Lord had kept these promises to him. And now the Lord is asking Jacob to keep his promise to him, to be faithful to his one true God. And so it's amazing that you see the family really repent of all of their foreign gods and all the things that they had done, this open idolatry, and give back to the Lord the credit that he deserved for everything. They repented, put those gods away from them, put that sin away from them, and they desired to worship the Lord. And so it's amazing that you see God reiterate his covenant once again to Jacob. Whether he was faithful or faithless, the Lord showed his faithfulness to Jacob. In the same way he shows his faithfulness to us. There's many times when we will make a vow or promise the Lord and not be faithful to it you know, in our sin and our breaking of his command. And so we want to repent of that as well. And we don't want to wait 20 to 30 years to do that. We want to repent today and say, Lord, help me to put away from myself these sins and continue to look to you and you alone for that strength and that forgiveness. And so we can give thanks for this lesson again today that the Lord brings us back to those promises he's made to us and brings us back to the remembrance of the promises we've made to him, the desire to be faithful to him in view of his love, forgiveness, and mercy. May the Lord continue to bless us as we pray. Lord Jesus, strengthen us always in our faith. Continue to raise in our hearts the joy of your promises to us and help us to keep our promises to you, our desire to be faithful. Lord, raise us up in the last day as we can look forward to that eternal life, and that eternal land that You've promised us to be with you, our promised Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Just a reminder that this evening we have our Wednesday evening Bible class online at 7 p.m. We continue our work on our comparative faiths, which we hope to put on the church website here in the next month or two. Also, our just a note, next week we will not be having our online class. We've updated that on the church calendar, so no online class July 28th next week. We will have our men's breakfast this coming Friday at 6.30 a.m., but there will not be men's breakfast on June or July 30th, so just take note of that as well. And uh, as far as a recap goes, I want to thank Daniel Pfeiffer and Jay Hanel for their presentation of their experience at the CLC convention late June. So they gave an update on their perspective and what was voted on at that point in time after the service this past Sunday. So we do thank them for their service to the Lord and on behalf of our congregation and for their recap of that this past weekend. This past Monday night, we had our quarterly voters meeting. We hope to have a bulletin summary this weekend detailing that a little bit more. But just in general, there was a number of excuses made for those who couldn't make 
financial secretary had his report about the offerings that were contributed. We're a little bit behind of our budget, and so we can look to increase that as much as we can over the next quarter here. Also, the Board of Finance reported about uh, continuing to look for a replacement treasure for our uh, church. Craig Stelter has been doing that faithfully the last several years, and so his time will be uh, at an end for his service at that point. And so we look forward to, in January, finding someone to fill in for that position, Lord willing. Also, the deacons had reported a number of different items uh, as far as Bible studies are concerned and updates on the COVID policy and everything that took place this last quarter celebration of the 50th anniversary of the church fire and just the facility usages uh, as far as rental and things that go online. Just to continue to update of that family leave that Pastor Nauman has until October and that we have coverage to help out with some of those services by Pastor David Sherbeck and some lay services as well, which we thank very much for their help out in this, in this time. Board of Property also made some updates as far as uh, fence street line was, the fence line was replaced and improved on that. Uh, street on 2nd Street, I believe, or maybe it's the other cross street there. Some of the exterior lights were fixed and a high school AC unit was replaced. So they also made an important point in the next two to ten years we will need to replace quite a bit of things. The church roof, uh, the MPF roof to rubber, possibly converting that, some more tuck pointing. So up to about $300,000 in need for the major improvement fund. So we'll prayfully continue to address those needs. Board of Education also reported that Kevin Schrader and Erica Hart were installed on July 10th and that there were 73 kids in VBS this past week. So we are really thankful for all the helpers once again, all the teachers and aides and all the workers that helped make that VBS possible. So thank you to all those uh, individuals who coordinated that and executed that. So thank you very much. Relocation Committee reported that the continue, continue, committee continues to look at different properties. And the current plan is to, and the relocation is, would be done in phases. So again, uh, keeping the high school here for the time being and then looking at starting the grade school somewhere else and if need be, bringing everything else to that other new property. So that's the current goal of ERC. I know there's been some confusion of that in some of the bulletin announcements, but uh, the main objective of the bulletin announcements about the current property is the canvas of the current property does not support all the future desires uh, for the school and for the church as far as what we can do there. So the phase approach would be a, a long-term process that the ERC is still looking at. Council continues to talk about the sanctuary improvement, and so it was moved and supported and passed to spend up to $30,000 to replace the recovering of church pews. Also, the, the carpet had already been approved to be done, and the front of the sanctuary was also being reproved approved to be redone as well and more information to come as far as the front of the sanctuary is concerned. There was some reported on that as well. Also as far as the upcoming weeks is concerned we have the, uh, the there was some more discussion on the choir policy. The faculty presented some desire on changing the current policy. Pastor Nauman had written a letter sharing his thoughts and our, some of our concerns from the pastor's standpoint so there'll be more discussion. The voters had moved to have three open congregational meetings in the next quarter here, so there's been a small committee that's been planned to uh, facilitate that, so you can stay tuned for that as well. And as we continue to look forward to the upcoming days, we want to thank all those who painted Mr. Kevin Schrader's room, and you know that's been an ongoing thing over the last couple of days. And then also there was so many that came that 
the south entry was also painted. Just a reminder there that there's no railing there right now because that'll be redone. So please be careful over the weekend if the railing's not back yet in that south entry. Also, thank you to the movers this past weekend that moved the classrooms, prepped the floor waxing. Uh, just a reminder to please stay out of the elementary rooms until Saturday. So again, thank you for all the movers. There'll be more need for that in the future. That's a, as quick as an update I can give you with all the most recent information for the church and school here. Uh, for our prayer list, we want to give thanks that the Lord delivered our sister in Christ, Loretta Voigt, this past Monday. So we keep the, her family in our prayers. And details for the victory service will be for this Saturday morning, a 9 o'clock visitation at church and a 10 a.m. service uh, following that, that uh, visitation time here at the sanctuary. A later date will take place for the committal when more of the family can be together for that in future time. Also, we continue to keep in our prayers Marie Meyer, Grace Trier's sister, who continues to battle cancer. And, of course, we keep in our prayers little Lila and Adelaide, Lila Schaller and Adelaide Nauman, as they continue to grow um, day by day more and more ounces. The last I heard, they're two and a half to three pounds. So we're really glad that the Lord's blessed them with that growth over the last several weeks here. So the Lord's continued prayers for them and for their families. It brings us to our doctrine of the day today. We are going to discuss very briefly the difference between open and secret idolatry. I think this is helpful in context to talk about with what we just talked about with Jacob and his family. Open idolatry would be the idea of worshiping other gods. We read from Genesis 35 that Jacob's family in verse 2, many of them were worshiping foreign gods, and that might have been mixed with worshiping the Jehovah God that Jacob believed in. And so we see that corruption of their faith there by worshiping these other gods that Jacob had asked his family, put these foreign gods away from you. We're only going to worship the one true God. Moses writes about that in Deuteronomy 6.4, that Hebrew Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We have one God, and we can rejoice, and we don't have to follow in all these other gods of the world. So open idolatry is worshiping like the Buddha or any of the Hindu gods or Allah, any of these other gods that are not listed in the Bible that aren't the true God that we worship in the Word of God. Secret idolatry, on the other hand, would be putting anything in our life, in our heart, ahead of God. So if open idolatry, where the Lord reminds us, I am the Lord, that is my name. I am Jehovah, that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, neither praise to graven images. So the Lord makes that clear on open idolatry. The secret idolatry, idolatry really comes in connection also with the first commandment. We should fear and love God above all things. The Lord reminded the children of Israel on Mount Sinai in Exodus 20 when he gave the Ten Commandments that you should have no other gods. That is true in the physical sense and that's true in the spiritual sense. If we put our, our fame or our fortune, or our family ahead of the Lord, that would be breaking the first commandment, secret idolatry. I think there's plenty of times where we do that, even as Christians, in our day-to-day -day life. So we might think as Christians we're less likely to break the first commandment with open idolatry, and I think many people believe that. But the Lord is always looking at the attitude of our heart. And so we're guilty of the first commandment when we place other things in our life, other people in our life, ahead of the Lord. And that would be a form of secret idolatry. So in third command third commandment talks about remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's very easy to put other things ahead of the Lord and the Sabbath rest, taking time to focus on the Lord every week 
we really should be doing that every day, but gathering together to worship him is part of that first commandment and third commandment of honoring the Lord above all things. Really the second commandment, honoring his name as well. And so Jesus even said, he who has not left father or mother or son, he who has left, he who has not left father, mother, son, or daughter on account of me is not worthy of me. And so what's Jesus pointing that? If we are clinging to these things in the world instead of clinging to Christ, if we're clinging to these people instead of clinging to our Lord, where is our heart? The Lord reminds us in Colossians that we should set our mind on things above rather on things of the earth. Because our life, as we reminded in Ephesians, our life is hidden with Christ, that we are ambassadors of Christ, that we are awaiting our homeland as we are part of the Lord's kingdom. And we're looking forward to that kingdom that will come, not just into our hearts so that we can be forgiven for that secret idolatry, but that kingdom of heaven where because of Christ's suffering and death on the cross for every one of our sins, we can have that sure confidence that we will rise from the dead and be and stand before God's judgment throne, absolved from our sins through the blood of Christ, and know that we will spend eternal life with him forever. So there's a big difference between open and secret idolatry in the way it looks in that open worshiping of other gods or other things, or that secret idolatry where we more secretly in our heart put the Lord second or even last in our life or way down the line versus putting him first, which is ultimately what he's shown he's done for us in his coming to this world to live and die for our sins and suffer hell itself, rise from the dead to give us that joy of eternal life in heaven. Open and secret idolatry, big deal, important things to, they're, they're a big deal, they're important things for us to consider again today and to reflect on each and every day. What is our first love? Where are our heart's desires in this life? We pray that that would always be with our Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at our hymn of the day, I'm looking at the Lutheran Hymnal 331, which talks about confession and absolution of sins. I'll just read a few verses out of this, selected verses out of this hymn. And this hymn is entitled, Yea, as I live, Jehovah saith. So yes, as I live, Jehovah speaks. And just so you think about with that devotion from Jacob, he speaks about his faithfulness in our forgiveness and in our absolution of that sin and that promise of eternal life. Yea, as I live, Jehovah saith, I would not have the sinner's death, but that he turn from error's ways, repent, and live through endless days. All those whose sins ye thus remit, I truly pardon and acquit, and those whose sins ye do retain, condemned and guilty shall remain. What ye shall bind, what bound shall be, what ye shall loose, that shall be free. And to my church the keys are given, to open and close the gates of heaven. The words which absolution give are his who died that we might live. The minister whom Christ has sent is but his humble instrument. All praise eternal Son to thee for absolution, full and free, in which thou showest forth thy grace. From false indulgence guard our race. Praise God the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit, three in one, as t'was is now and so shall be, World without end, eternally. Amen. That last phrase there, world without end, is important to quickly explain. We're talking about the kingdom of Christ. Not this world, which we know will come to an end, but Christ's eternal kingdom, which we will see with him, be with him forever. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.